Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! <laughs> I feel like I... <laughs> every time I go back to edit this, I'm like, I am so loud and echoey on my intros, and then I even kill it out after somebody else talks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have not... I'm just clocked saying. it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody's clocked <laughs> it except for me. <laughs> well, as long as you're your own harshest critic. To exactly. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and scathing critics, scathing critic. Hate our, ourselves. I'm a, yeah, we hate ourselves, <laughs> but we keep doing this because we love Hellboy more. That's right. <laughs> Gotta like something. Yeah. God, that was so sad. Yeah, we really made that sad. Yeah. And especially for. Our final episode of season two. Oh. <laughs> hey, there's gonna be future there's gonna be a future season. I yeah. s- we promise that. It's just this is the official last um episode of season two, um, which will be us covering the story King of Old today. Yeah. Um but we're excited. Thank you for um sticking with us um through these two seasons. Um we will be going into a short hiatus um, after this episode, but don't um, pay attention to the stream. It doesn't mean that um, you might not have something, some things pop up, Yeah. but we will be taking a hiatus on our regular episodes um, until January 23rd is when we'll be returning. Yeah. Um, so keep that on the calendar. <laughs> uh, but we're taking it. We got it. We got to take a break. It's the holidays. Yeah. Um, we need to relax. We need to digest, you know, just bathe in all this Hellboy. Literally digest food for weeks. Yes. For weeks. Digest That's food. Like a snake. In the literary wonder that is Hellboy along with that. <laughs> and then come back fresh to keep talking about this grand creation by Mike Mignola. Oh, Yeah. Um, but before we move on to King Vold, of course, we're going to jump right into uh, the segment Countdown to Hellboy 2019. <laughs> wow. We have a soundboard now uh, called <laughs> Kate's Mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that was lightning and then a drum. I'll take it. If lightning struck a drum, that's what would happen. <laughs> I think we're a little delirious. We're a little coffee Maybe. drunk right now. I mean, dude. you bought coffee as I requested, and now <laughs> getting hyped. Um, yeah, but great. So not a lot of big news has come out. The first thing that really we wanted to talk about, because I don't believe we have yet, is Empire um, was the first to release it, but they have released a new uh, picture from the set or... Um, a promo pic of Hellboy from the new Hellboy movie. And it is Hellboy, um, also known as David Harbour, running down a little like basement tunnel, I'm going to guess. Classic, like where the ventilation is on a building or somewhere creepy. Um, do you have that pulled up, Kate? Yeah, I'm checking that out. It looks pretty rad. I don't know. I um, It doesn't give us more inf- new information in regards to the movie itself. It just gives us a great, better look at David Harbour as our lead character, Hellboy. Mm-hmm. We see more and just, we kind of get an idea of how red he looks. It's actually a little, um, we get to see his classic um, duster. Mm-hmm. A lot of pouches. We see those pouches. Great pouches. We get the great, like, crucifix here. Yeah. On the chain. 
He's like at the old UCB Chelsea. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> reference. If anybody knows the old UCB Chelsea. He's in this dank, the, dirty basement. <laughs> yeah. He's just down there trying to get on it. He's about he's running on stage to do a Herald. Yeah, he's like 15 minutes late for his Herald team already started. He's going to hop on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the wonders of improv. Uh, <laughs> and I hope some of our listeners get those references. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it, it, it it's cool. It has me I don't it has me in the same it didn't it doesn't add to my excitement. It just sort of like reminds me of like, yeah, this is coming. Cool. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's a real thing. I mean, I think he looks cool. He has a lot of facial hair. He looks I do like that he's sort of not pretty. <laughs> he looks yeah. pretty ugly. Yeah. Like not ugly. Ugly's harsh, but like very rough. Yeah, he's like he's got a very grizzled look. Like he's got this like super sharp cheap bones here and like yeah it just looks gnarly but i'm into it yeah i'm into it too his like right hand of doom is a different red shade than his body am i crazy yeah i think so it does look like a different shade i guess it's like attached to him i mean i you know i haven't gotten far enough to know what the full deal is with this appendage for sure but But it's also yeah i mean it doesn't make it makes sense if it i mean yeah, you're you're hinting at something I think that will get revealed in the comics um, mm. sooner. Uh, I mean, later on, and it definitely, it definitely, this is very clear that it's a different uh, color, and it's yeah. not like it, it doesn't look as if it's grown from his body. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, I mean, his horns, his shaved down horns, horns look sweet. He's very rocker with that long hair. I mean, he's always had long hair, but he's like letting it yeah. flow. Yeah, I sort of like didn't notice how long it was at first. Uh, now, yeah, he it's, looks it, like he could be a fucking background. bassist in a goddamn like hardcore band <laughs> with that fucking facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has his tail. You barely get a little glimpse of it. We got that tail in there. I like that he's like. So the, I think the first images made him very swole and like almost insane, but I've noticed that like. He looks more manage physically manageable and yeah. or more like physically grounded than I thought. Like yeah. even the the poster is a little more it's like off of that first image, which I think was originally just a test image anyway. Oh, okay. I'm not I could be wrong, but but then the the poster made him a little less that and then this looks like, oh yeah, he's still like he's tough, but he's not like I'm at the gym all the time. Right. He just seems, he's like almost bulkier here. He's more like strongman competition than like Mr. Universe kind yes. of stuff. Yes, which I prefer. And it yeah. makes more sense for him to have the strongman body than Mr. Universe. Yeah. Because he's on the field. He doesn't have time to go just fucking yeah. put a rack of fucking weights up and lift all day. <laughs> yeah, the, those muscles are purely from punching like a huge lizard or something. Yeah. very true something like that very true um another cool thing that came out i i saw this morning before we hopped on the mics um a website called we got you covered um came through and they said there was last night i believe it was last night um it could be a day or two off from when i found the article but los angeles in los angeles there was a a screening apparently like a like a test screening of the movie so probably not in full. It's probably not its full form. They they say oh, it could be going through more edits, of course, to refine it. Yeah, Marshall. But 
uh, a guy, I don't know anything about this guy, but predominant YouTuber and film critic, Mr. H, also goes by Dread Central as his website, Okay, says the following. He says, citing, citing a trust, trusted source who was able to attend the screening, who is Mr. H, has informed his followers that, yes, Hellboy is incredibly violent, and there was even praise for David Harbour as the titular character. The supporting cast, one comprised of Ian McShane, Sasha Lane, Mia Jovich of Resident Evil, all scored points as well with McShane being the one true standout. Not that we're surprised, mind you, given the industry legend has always been a bank, bankable supporting player. Um, and another website said that it's, yeah, the, the big thing is people are walking away from at least that test screening that's fun cool. but, and very violent. <laughs> Fine by me, though. Yeah, I mean, me too. That's okay. It's, it's a pretty world fucking of violence. violent. Like, it's pretty, I mean, you know, it's such a stylized version in the comic book. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I saw some, I saw some like posts related to the new Lion King, like the semi live action Lion King that's coming up. And just talking about like how kids are going to be more messed up from watching like a very real looking Mufasa get trampled to death. And like, like all this, all the stuff that's like as a cartoon is you can digest, but as a real looking lion it's going to look pretty fucked up. I was like, I guess that's true, but like, but they're not. I bet you that movie's not gonna be like, go into the trenches and or that that sequence and be like, we're gonna get really close and watch yeah. those hooves destroy this lion. Yeah, like, I I haven't seen Lion King in a long time. You get more, I think, of Simba's reaction and other characters reacting to his death than you actually watch his death by yeah. being trampled. He just like right? falls. Yeah, he falls and, then it's and like then you implied. I mean, in that fall, I know he's being trampled, but it's implied also the fall kills him. Yeah. So it's like they have ways around it so the children can go, hey, that's death. Don't get fucked up. But we up. don't need to watch the details of death. Yeah. Because death is. But been- for Hellboy, we're going to watch every detail. Fuck yeah. Like- <laughs> um, and also like still on now, you got me on that Disney thing. Death has been part of Disney from day one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they've never shied. I think they're more closer to the range of Mr. Rogers where like. No, we don't hide this. We have to directly talk to kids about it. I think they fall on that. And over time, people just become fucking, in my opinion, overly sensitive to that stuff. And like, we think it's healthy to like hide it. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Yeah. It's part of life. I think it's unhealthy to keep it away from kids. I'm not saying you should be like, let's watch fucking sit down, watch John Wick. Go out and like make them (laughs) shoot a deer and shit. No, I don't (laughs) agree with any of that. But you can't hide it from them. Death is yeah. going to show up. Yeah. It's part of life. Blood is part of life. This is funny because I was listening to the Script Notes podcast. Yeah. Um, and it's, if I don't know if you've ever listened to that. It's just about screenwriting and so forth. But yeah. they were talking, I was listening to an old episode of theirs where they go through Raiders of the Ark and why they love it and why it's so such a great screenplay. And they talk about the blood use in that movie back in there yeah. and how like, they point out like it actually has dramatic effect. It's not like it's not uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um when you like overuse something. Um like gratuitous? Yes, it's not okay. gratuitous. It's actually used for dramatic effect. And what over part the years, it has a lot of blood in Raiders. It's been a long time since I've there's seen like it. in the bar sequence. Oh, there's like there, a little... there's blood that fall goes like, over the candle, I think. Oh, okay. I okay. mean, guy's hand gets burned when he's fighting the guy in the in the um in the airplane, the big dude. Oh he yeah, gets when he hit gets by all the splattered. And people, I think, over the time have like they've eliminated right. blood, saying it's not, it's not necessary. And it's like, but it's part of our life. We're full of fucking blood. Yeah. 
So it could be used as a dramatic point. I'm yeah. not saying you need to overdo it, but it's like it can be used very well. Yeah. I'm not saying there's movies that have overdone it, which is definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, you know, also intentionally. Like if you're looking at like Evil Dead or some shit. Yeah, it's intentionally yeah. done. So that's my movie rant for the episode. <laughs> I was just thinking too, like, is it going to be, I, like it makes sense that it would be so violent, but I guess like people are walking away struck by it because it's more realistic as opposed to this like um stylized version of blood yes i would agree and i think the hellboy guillermo's is more fantastical as we've mentioned in the past yeah and i think they're going for i think with horror you ground it a little more not that there's some horror that isn't fantastical or over the top yeah but horror tends to come with a little more like grounding or at least in the world of like physical and like real i guess I might be wrong on that. I guess it depends on, you know, like whatever subgenre of horror you're looking at or whatever. That's very true. Very true. Um, I'm fine with that, though. I'm as fine with that. As, There's know. things that have been violent in here. Yeah. He's gotten beat up. We've seen Hellboy bleed. Yeah. In and I'd one, rather have that. In I'd, King Voldy. I mean, up. not that he doesn't. He bleeds in the Guillermo del Toro. Let's be honest. Yeah. He, there's, he bleeds in it. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to disparage from that just because this one might be overly violent. Yeah. But maybe it'll be like, I don't know. I'm very curious what the violent, who the violence is to and who it's from. Like, cause yeah. is it creatures? Is it people getting fucked up? You know what I mean? I think there's a degrees of what you're going to categorize as violent. Dude, this is a rant, but go for it. Um, I recently was like, I was drawing a poster for a friend and I had to, for a reference to look up the, um, Kano's fatality from Mortal Kombat from yeah. like the original Mortal Kombat where he rips a heart out of uh, the opponent. Yeah. And then I was like, as I was doing that, this like YouTube hole, I watched all of the recent like fatalities in the newest game and they are fucking disgusting, dude. Have you seen any of these? No. I was like watching them. I was like, these are gnarly. And it's like eight minutes long of like every fatality for the new Mortal Kombat. And they're like, they're just like, ripping out spines and like shoving decapitated heads into chest holes and like crazy like i mean like organs are getting like it, i mean it's very inventive it is truly gross as hell wow. i was like this is like like i remembered being a kid and like parents being like you can't play mortal kombat there's like blood in it and that it like how fucked yeah. up that was at the time i was like this is so like beyond that i i was like that's that's you know I feel I feel like in little ways, I feel how I'm getting older every fucking day. <laughs> and like my reaction to that being like, oh, brother, like, you yeah. know? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I'm really like, <laughs> I'm feeling this now. What was the worst one? I mean, there's a bunch with like so they have like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and oh he has a bunch of really nasty ones and like like does he like just skin people? And <sighs> he's just like sawing, you know, well, you know, he's got the chainsaw, so he's like. Do cutting people with that in various ways like but then some of the classic characters have really disgusting like um new takes on their classic fatalities like they do kind of similar shit but it's just like taken to such a bizarre extreme it's like I mean it's pretty cool I kind of want to play the game but like these fatalities you were as an you were like disgusting I'm getting older I want to play yeah I kind of want to play this though I'm just so fucking bad at fighting games. Like it Me doesn't you know, like 
I can't even, I can't deal with it. I can't play online. If I played online, I would be a fucking punching bag. Yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. Forget it. Any who's. That's very fun. King Fold, right? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Watch him if you feel like, you know, if you haven't had lunch yet and your stomach isn't like full. <laughs> I'll maybe pull that up. It, they're gross. Um, I, I, I stopped playing after I think Mortal Kombat three, cause I own that one on super Nintendo. I was like a street, we were a street fighter family. I had street fighter too. Yeah. But I remember I had that. I, mean, I liked street fighter always better. Yeah. I think I just liked the look of it more. Yeah. It was less post-apocalyptic. And it was like, that. yeah, it was more like cartoony and, and colorful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked all those characters. As a child, it appealed to me more than this scary ass other shit. <laughs> But now I want, I crave that blood. that's all you want. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, moving on, uh, we just wanted to talk about how cool it is that coming next year, there's going to be a Hellboy Day on March 23rd. Yeah, dude. Um, we hope to have some stuff coming and get involved in Los Angeles, hopefully with our local um, comic book store, Secret Headquarters with that. However, nothing has been locked in as of, as of yet. But we're just wanted to say, keep an eye out. Um, for Hellboy Day, March yeah. 23rd. And heck, listeners, let us know what you're doing for Hellboy Day on March 23rd. What cool plans you have, how you're celebrating it. I do know Mike Mignola is planning on doing signings up in North Hollywood, I believe, or like Sherman Oaks at a comic book store. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'd have to look up the details. I don't have it readily available. I'm terrible, but I'll get the details and we'll let you know in the future. But I think oh, that's cool. happening for sure. And then we are trying to get something going as well. Um, hopefully like a live show, um, but we're in the works for that. But that's a little teaser to keep your ears perked for news coming <laughs> in the near. Um, and then Dark Horse went ahead and in all excitement of Hellboy coming out. And now there's a Hellboy day. They are re- released of uh, the first official um, Dark Horse. Um, sorry, the first official Hellboy um, timeline. It's like a little like it's part of a poster they were giving away, I believe, at one of the Comic Cons. If I am correct, it was on a poster. Um, I pulled up the digital one. It starts all the way back in 1880, which where Witchfinder goes and goes all the way forward into like uh, Korsheki or the I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, the Deathless, into the Hellboy, of course, BPRD, Abe Sabian. Um, it's very cool. I think it's really meant for somebody that has kept up with everything because I started reading through it and spoiled myself on Yeah, you told something. me not to look I, at it. Yeah, I was it. like, Kate, don't read. Yeah. Look at it visually from a distance and look at the, <laughs> the cool wonder of it. It is cool. How designed it. It's designed well, but don't read the details because I, I read one thing that was spoiled like- for me because I didn't know that something happened to a character and I was yeah. like, oh. I'm going to not read this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'll read as it soon as when you said that, finish. I was like, I heard that like, Sad, small, no, like, like, oh, and I was like, fuck, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not even going to look at this thing. <laughs> yeah, don't. I really don't. Um, it's no. very cool they put it out, but don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> but for you listeners out there that have kept up with everything in the Mignolaverse um, and you're still getting the new issues, unlike me, who's just like jumping on um, sometimes in the middle of things. Um, and I mean, I barely just started one Crimson Lotus for the very first time number one issue instead of just jumping the middle. Yeah. Which is cool. It's the character from Lobster Johnson. Um, but yeah, it's, but it's cool. I really like it that they decided to like lock that down and sort of give a fun visual version of that timeline. Yeah. So any other thoughts on that, Kate? 
I mean, I can't look at it. It's forbidden. It's true. It is forbidden. I've, I'm scared to do it. <laughs> we're going, you know, we're going through the timeline for real. We don't need a reference. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a perfect um, segue into our next segment, a classic. Oh, boy. Email. <laughs> now, our first email um, that I wanted to pull up is from Alex, who has emailed us a lot of times. Our good friend our of friend. the podca- podcast. Alex. Um, Alex. Thank you for sending this. This is a very short one he sent. It's just um, with the subject line, gotta get it. He says, I keep forgetting to suggest this. It's perfect, but there are are spoilers. And it's the Hellboy Companion. Mm -hmm. Did you look up this on Amazon, the link? Or if you Mm -hmm. have it or not? So this is a companion that actually Mignola, and I think some, I can't remember who else, decided to do it. And then Scott Alley and them all put in the time. It's only nine bucks. It's only nine bucks. And I... Got it! What? <laughs> I got me and Kate oh, a copy of one. There you. you go. Oh, this is so nice. Uh, I was Ooh, I, now a major motion picture Hellboy <laughs> 2, The Golden Army. Yeah, yeah, it has a weird sticker <laughs> That's on the, the front. the sticker right on the front. You can see like, uh, what it came out. I couldn't resist. It was cheap. Oh, thanks. I was man. like, we should have these. Um, yeah. I I I opened mine when I'm it came because it, it was I had to like reorder. Thank I ordered you. it was it was a little a small over ordeal to like make sure there was two here. Yeah, but they got here on time. Sometimes I think it's a that little confuses out- a seller. Yes, it's very dumb. Um, but I read the foreword by or the introduction by Scott Alley. I highly suggest you do that immediately when you can. Okay, awesome. it's great. I'll do it right now. <laughs> yeah, read it all <laughs> for them. But it is I. I'm assuming this is a it's outdated because mm-hmm. they literally in the intro they say they're they're about to walk into the storyline the wild hunt. There is so much more after the wild hunt. Yeah. So I'm very curious, even though I'm so excited that we have these and they're gonna be a good reference as we go through the story. Yeah. And Alex, thank you for suggesting this because I love having this in my hand right now. And there's original art in here too. Oh, this is awesome. They did alert like Guy Davis and it's so great. Mignola. Do original art for it, so it's so it's less than just like, oh, dude, this is it's awesome. like a real cool thing to have, I think. Um, but I I I'm I can't believe they won't. They're not going to have to update this. I feel like there's got to be a volume t- or like a, a supplemental a supplemental kind of thing. one, or they do a new edition with uh, to fill out the rest of Hellboy. I don't oh, know if that's going to awesome. come. Gives you like little like character breakdowns. And yeah, shit. and then they have a whole timeline. I need that in the back. dude because sometimes I get. I don't know. Sometimes I, oh God. Okay. I'm just perusing it. I'm trying not to see. That's fine. Trying not to get any details, any spoilies. Uh, you got your, you got your table of contents that can, you know, you can choose. I love a good table of contents. I mean, I can't wait to read about the fairies and know a little more about them. Oh, hell yeah, dude. This is awesome. It's great, right? Yeah. It's a really cool thing. I was like, we both need one. So I got it for us both. Oh, thank you. Of course. And thank you again, Alex, for that. That was a wonderful thank suggestion. Thank you too, Alex. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Hell I can't yeah. wait to dive more into it as cool. we go through the podcast. So going forward, I we still it. have two emails we got to get through, both from our, our other e- regular emailer, uh, Drew Campbell. Drew. So his first one is the, about right, our right hand of doom episode. Yeah. So he says, hey, crack. 
He's about to say crapper, stops and is like, okay, you I guess I'll a- stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you should stop. You shouldn't listen it's to It's okay. Yeah. I'm I feel sorry. like I didn't you, mean should to listen, you should listen you from to having us. fun. Yeah, exactly. Have fun with us. You should drive us. Who the us fuck nuts. am I to d- determine? Yeah. We fuck up so much. You should keep us in the crapper. We are crappers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so I'm going to assume you just say, hey, crappers. You might have cut yourself off, but you're still. That's okay. We know what you meant. So his first email is pretty long, but it's great. He says, well, since you asked, I'll tell you about my history with Hellboy. Sweet. It says, like I said before, Almost Colossus was the first story I I read. And yeah, it was a little disorienting the first time, considering it starts out with a major character near death in a hospital. Yeah. There was no intentional decision to start with that story. It was just the story that my comic shop had the issues of when I decided to give Hellboy a try. Cool. I had been into comics for a few years, at first reading my older brother's comics, very much like me. My own personal collection was kickstarted in a kind of a strange way. I used to look in the Sears Christmas catalogs to make my Christmas wish list. It's cute. Hell yeah, dude. That big fat one that would come out? Oh yeah, I can remember those. Yeah. I remember going through the toy section of those and circling or like super or fun like going i wish my parents would get that. i never got anything in that no 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 i'd make a big long obnoxious list and then uh, yeah. be like <laughs> get whatever the fuck i got string never. yeah <laughs> just what string tr- string string that's what you got just string alone wow philly was a sad <laughs> place for you <laughs> no i had this, i had this and that i don't know <laughs> uh, great and then where I, I I sort of lost my place, but that's okay. Sorry. No, I don't care. I used to look at the Sears catalog, Christmas catalogs, to make my Christmas wish list, and they offered comic book grab bags. Wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That seems like such a more modern, like those boxes and everybody fucking buys. Yeah. I didn't know they were doing grab bags like that far back. Even though I don't know, Drew could be ten years old. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Even uh-huh. though he has a beard in his picture. <laughs> um, where you would just get a certain number of random comics. That's cool. I got those a few years in a row, and this being the, in the 90s, there we go. The first title that made me want to keep collecting was X-Force. Cool. Yeah, I know. Say what you will about Rob Liefeld, but if it wasn't for him, I might not have ever really gotten into comics. I think we've spoken about him, at least if not this one, at some point we do. I'm not going to get into it, but I do think Rob Liefeld... It's fun to talk shit on Rebfeld, but you also have to praise him. Yeah. Because he did, he got a bunch of people into comics. He might have fucked up some, like, he might have, like, for progression's sake, pushed things back or slowed things down. And he, you know, bad, bad, um, and added too many muscles and didn't do bad, did, um, just a fucking bad feet. But fucking who cares? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make fun of it forever. But if I was in a room with Rob Liefeld, I'd probably be delighted and be like, you made Deadpool and Cable and all these fun characters that people fucking love. I think I just found like, so I sent you that Christmas card or whatever. Yes. So like, how much does that, is that modeled after it or what? Yeah. This Rob Liefeld drawing. Yes. The Christmas card that you all can check out um, if you haven't yet seen it on the Instagram feed. Um, It's totally Rob Liefeld. That's like one, I mean, that's like. Almost a. That's so funny. I mean, the character. The, the character is. It's supposed to be like a k ca- uh, a cable and that whatever that cat caddish character from uh, X Force is called. Yeah. I'm 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 sorry, Drew. I'm not very familiar with all the X Force. I just know Forge, but mainly my X Force is mainly um the co- the animated series X Men. I know that X Force better than any of the comic stuff. 
But as you look that up, I'll continue with his email. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, might have never gotten really into comics without Rob Liefeld, as he said. Coincidentally, X-Force number eight is mostly a flashback sequence with art by Mike Mignola. We need to read that. Yeah. Um, that's going to be, I mean, we're definitely going to dive into stuff outside of Hellboy in the future about, but I think we got to check this X-Force number eight. I got to make sure I reference that, which at the time I thought the art was kind of weird. Anyway, suffice to say, I got pretty heavy into comics from there, which of course included a subscription to the late great Wizard Magazine. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I miss it. I know that. It I'm surprised such, it hasn't come back. It was so great. Yeah, it was. I mean, even if you just couldn't buy it, you just get to go to a Walden book, Waldo Walden's book like me and just glance through it. Dude, they sold it at like Pathmark. They sold it at like... I had it at the Shopco in my, my neighborhood. Like supermarkets and shit yeah. had it. It was great. Feral is the name of this character. Oh, Feral? Yeah. Of course it's it's Feral. Yeah. Um, that's a funny name. <laughs> uh, Wizard gave me my first exposure to Hellboy, like you, Kate. Yeah, dude. Um, but I still didn't immediately pick up on how great he was. The reason I finally decided to give it a try is also kind of strange. This was the night, late 90s now, being the late late 90s, my favorite band was Tool. I said it. <laughs> Tool. I don't Hell know yeah. why. I feel like I said that. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on their website, and at some point I found a recommended reading list that they had posted, which included among other occult books and classic novels. You guessed it, Hellboy! Fuck yeah. For teenage me, this connection between two of my favorite things, Tool and Comics, was too much to pass up. I went to the comic shop, looked in the H section, found Almost Colossus, and like I said before, I've been hooked ever since. I think the next story I found was Box of... Box Full of Evil. Then I picked up the various Dark Horse Presents issues in the collections of the earlier stories. The Hellboy comics perfectly combined all all these things. I never knew I loved so much. The occult history, mythology, folklore, classic horror, Lovecraftian monsters, pulp fiction, fine art, classic literature. Plus it was fun and funny and full of emotional depth and character development. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're 100% right. You're nailing it all and I'm glad that, that you... That caught you in the 90s with that much, like, passion. Yeah. I was kind of interested in some of those elements before, but reading Hellboy just made them come alive and opened up all these doors into different worlds. Mike loved all these elements so much that he created a comic book world for the sole purpose of being able to draw and write about them, and they became the things that I wanted to seek out and learn more about. Not to mention how beautiful and unique and moody and simple and complex Mike's art is. Hello, listeners. I'm just popping in because we actually had a technical difficulty. Um, We lost a bit of our recording and it was unsalvageable. Um, Unfortunately, we had popped out already into hiatus. Um, I wasn't able to get Kate back into the studio to record um, going through the email again. So I'm just going to just take care of that for you listeners. I just want everyone to hear Drew's great email, give you a little insight of possibly what me and Kate talked about when going through that email as well. So here we go. Hopping right back in. Drew says, for all of his self-deprecation, meaning Mike, meaning Mike Mignola, about the quality of his art, I personally feel that it's the perfect vehicle to combine all these elements. And I don't think anyone else's art would have drawn me in the way he his did. I've kept up with everything he's done ever since, as well as collecting much of the work he did before Hellboy. Me and Kate 
Definitely want to explore some of the Mike Mignola stuff outside of the Hellboy universe. We hope to do that in future episodes and future seasons. Um, I also suggested for Kate and our listeners to check out the Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange storyline, Triumph and Torment, a great read and wonderful, wonderful artwork by Mike Mignola. Then um, Drew's email continues. It says, sorry if this is kind of long. We both said we don't care. We're reading you guys' emails. Just consider it a challenge to your claim that you will read every word of the emails with no editing. TLDR, I like Hellboy. Not sure you wanted me to say the comma there, um, Drew, but there you go. Now, onto the episode, he says. Drew says, The right hand of Doom is a nice little peek into Hellboy's true nature that still leaves lots of room for mystery. I mentioned here that what I love about the companion that we now have to um, Kate is that Scott Alley also, when they created that companion, wanted to continue to keep mystery in the Hellboy universe. They didn't want this companion just to give everything away. Thanks again, Alex, for suggesting that. And then um, Drew continues, I couldn't find any evidence that the quote from Pope Sylvester II is real. It seems more like a bending of Revelation 20, verse 1, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. However, Pope Sylvester II was a real person. The Pope from 1999, uh, I had the same difficulty of saying this number when Kate was here, um, to 1003. He was a scholar who promoted the study of mathematics and astronomy and introduces the decimal numeral system using Arabic numbers to Europe. There are also legends that he knew sorcery and built a robotic head that could answer yes or no questions and that he had a pact with a demon. I'm telling you right now, me and Kate were eating this up. We want to hear more about this Pope. If you could send us some references or reading material about Pope Sylvester II, Drew, we would love it. Somebody should create a character around this. feels like this Pope belongs in the Hellboy universe. It's wonderful. We love this. Right here, that Pope inspired me to tell... Um, Kate and our listeners about the comic book shield from Marvel that Jonathan Hickman created or Galactus um, comes during the Renaissance era and a lot of other cool, great stuff that I love. Um, you know, I'll have to talk about it another time because we lost the original audio. But if you haven't read S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel, where it shows that um, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been around since almost the beginning of civilization, it's a wonderful read. Uh, but we're going to hop right in back um, to the original recording and talking um, about Drew's email and onward. So we're, yeah, I would highly check out that. I just, I, I love Galactus so much and the fact of him coming during the Renaissance era and them figuring out how to get rid of him is amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and Tesla's a character. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, but that's what his thing about this Pope reminds me of. It's like, oh my God, I wonder if that's a little bit, because a lot of these comic book writers I think are so obsessed with other things like historical things that like inspire their science fiction yeah so that's so cool this it's cool to incorporate it so this is great please send me more about this pope if you can um great and then he says um and also that he had a pact with a demon that pope <laughs> this character is built for hellboy wild yeah um interestingly he supposedly repented after some bad stuff went down and then he cut off his own hand I wonder if it was his right hand. 
<laughs> Great. That was lightning I sound. Mean, you gave me those ellipses and I had to use them. <laughs> That's amazing. God, that Pope. I really want to know so much about this that Pope. Uh, all right. This email's long enough. Catch you next tr- next time, Drew. Oh, cool. Thanks, well, Drew. next time is immediately because currently <laughs> you're the one email questions. I got waiting. Um, this email, not as long, is this email is cool. There's a visual reference that, uh, um, that's included, and we'll get to that, which he caught something very cool. Okay. And I'm surprised we didn't catch it. Or maybe <laughs> we did. I don't think we did. Uh, Drew again says, hey, dudes. Uh, I think that should say, hey, crappers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's really trying, oh, though. Yeah. You could just call he, us crappers, dude. It's Dude, we like getting mad. I mean, there's the fun of like, always. I didn't mean to shit on your thing. I think To you, shit on your crap. I want you to know, Drew, that we, us and the way we reacted to it is because we love it. <laughs> we have, I like reacting big to it. And you're like, we're crappers. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's in, I took it as a, a, a name of endearing. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so, Drew. It's okay. You be you. So, he says, fun episode as usual. Thank you. Just a couple quick things to say. And this is, again, about the Varkalak episode. First off, you guys were trying to think of any Hellboy stories that took place in America. He's calling us out again. I well, am. I ha- hate to break it to you, but Seed of Destruction takes place at Cavendish Hall, which is in New York. Yeah. I think we already got called out. Yeah, already somebody, for this. somebody got us. He got us again. Yeah. We got dunked on. We were wrong. Double dunked. I don't know why. Still, I'm baffled why I never thought I that guess because it was just, it had been a while since we read it. Yeah, whatever. that's true. And also, I just didn't catch all the dumb details that it was in Upper New York and it was on an, a Native American reservation. And it's like, yeah, that would be only in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thanks for calling it out for us. We now know yeah. that took place in America. We were wrong. Yeah. We'll sit in this for a moment. <laughs> sit in our shame. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, the other comment I was going to make is about something that I thought was in this story. But in looking it up, I found out it was actually in the story, the Baba Yaga. Since you guys have already covered that story, I'll go ahead and mention it now. The last page of that story contains the only time Mike Mignola accidentally drew Hellboy's right hand of doom on his left hand and and didn't catch it until after it went to print. Oh, shit. Just a little interesting bit of trivia. Once again, I'm in full agreement with some of your recommendations. Bone is one of my favorite comic books. It's so good. Comics. And I loved Monster Squad and The Gate when I was a kid. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the gate I watched like a couple of years ago. I don't know if I mentioned that on that episode. It's wild. The gate's so good. It it's scared just, the fucking shit out of me when I was a little yeah. kid. And it has great style, 80s style. Yeah. Of like that kind of like fantastical horror movie. Yeah, like the metal element of it is very like of that type. But it, it doesn't like, I don't know. It's just funny. And then he says, and I'm going to have to go check out John Carpenter's Vampires. He's like, check you later, Drew. <laughs> Check and he said, check you later. And then sign Drew. Yeah, comma Drew. I made that seem like I was saying, check you later, Drew. Well, we will check you later, <sighs> Drew. I messed up on reading that email <laughs> accurately. But yeah, I hope you enjoy vampires because I, I know it's, you know, it's probably not the perfect movie, but I love it. Yeah. Oh, and then he, he sent real quick. He, he emailed immediately back after I told him thank you for the email. He said, oh, all in good fun about calling us out for yeah. the reference. I was like, yeah, I don't mind. Oh, but I forgot I was going to attach this picture uh, from the Babiaga. So here it is. And it's like, it's the frame, the panel that had the bear, the big bear on it. And yeah, it's on his left hand. Crazy. I didn't, we didn't catch it. 
That is crazy. I'm not super surprised we didn't catch it, but yeah, that's like, I mean, we're going through these with tr- trying to go that's through why, it. I wonder, that's so funny. I guess, you know, I guess you just lose track. Sometimes you're probably on a deadline yeah. and got to get this stuff. And out. I'm really quickly looking at, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. And it was never corrected for even the reprints into the, uh, I don't know why. Crazy. He probably just was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. But it is crazy. I guess it's just because visually it, his angle on his back. too. Yeah, he's like at a at an odd angle. Yeah, he's used to drawing it on the you know on that side of him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh huh. And now he's like looking at him. It's on the left side, so maybe he's just used to. Yeah, he's just upside down. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, but it's cool, cool little fun trivia and like thing to call out. Yeah. On that. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, that is cool. We appreciate that, Drew. Great emails as always. Um, just a reminder for the other listeners, if you, please feel free to email us. We'd love to hear about you and your history with Hellboy. Yeah. Um, and your thoughts on the episodes. And that, again, is uh, oh, crap, a Hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> I really drew out the com on that. I was <laughs> selling it. Uh, but great. We love it. Um, we can't wait uh, to hear from more of you. Uh, But now we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to jump right into our final story of season two, King Vold. (laughs) That's my normal laugh. (laughs) That's how how she laughs all the time. (laughs) I'm Max Lasser, the host of The Calories, a three-episode podcast miniseries about making weight loss easier. After I lost 100 pounds by calorie counting in 2015, I started to realize why the way I was doing it before, just eating healthy and exercising, wasn't working for me. The podcast features experts from Mount Sinai Hospital, Mayo Clinic, and more, and you can check it out from Campfire Media on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. I mean, Kate Thompson. And we're going to be jumping right in to the story Known as King Vold. King Vold. <laughs> King Vold was created specifically for Hellboy Volume 4, The Right Hand of Doom, published in April 2000, and written by Mike Mignola and illustrated by him as well, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Pat Brousseau, and edited by Scott Alley. Um, yeah, originally published April 2000 for that uh, trade paperback, and it's also in the omnibus edition, Hellboy The Complete Short Stories Volume 1. And the library edition Hellboy Volume Two, um, and yeah, it's like an early, uh, like early on in the Hellboy timeline, uh, we see Brooklyn, New York, uh, nineteen fifty six. Um, we get that like cold open first of you're gonna loan me out of Hellboy talking to yeah Trevor Broom being like it sounds like it's one of the first times he that Broom's been like hey, go check out this other thing that's maybe not BPRD related and help this guy out. He's basically saying, like, I have this friend from back in college. (laughs) He asked me for help with this thing. Um, Can you go go check check it out, see what's going on? Yeah, I picture, like, a couple, somebody, like, if you're, like, in a relationship, you're like, hey, my friend needs somebody to help them move. Will you go help them? Yeah. You're not going to be there? No, but they were like, you know, I'm good friends with them, but you're not going to help them. No, but could you? I've never yeah. met them. You'll be fine. Just putting them in like a really weird situation. <laughs> yeah. And like Hellboy's <laughs> responding with like very formally after that. Like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you can tell he kind of doesn't want to do <laughs> yeah. this. Um, 
So, yeah, we just kind of see them talking in his office. The usual awesome background of like crazy Sumerian looking like sculptures yeah. and just things adorning Trevor Broom's office. All that shit is really <laughs> cool. Um, and he goes, he, like he kind of thinks about it and goes, yeah, all right. Good boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so he sends him out uh, one week later, Norway. I like that little like speech bubble how it kind of intersects with the the like text up there yes like exposition text in that box and it's very funny again it keeps that fun characterization of hellboy yeah one it's as you said it's a smooth transition from this very like stagnant conversation into you really get the idea of him stepping off that boat and that's his first thing is just looking around going norway yeah. Like, this is it? This is his first time, I would guess. <laughs> yeah. It looks very Viking-y. Like, even the ship yeah. looks quite, like, you know. Yeah. It looks like an old Viking ship or something. Like, I guess that's how they still, that's how they still get around. Maybe in the 50s. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, not modern of uh, technology. I guess those boats worked. You yeah. know, they made good I mean, boats. I think those boats still work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Why, you know, don't fix it. It ain't broke. <laughs> Um, and so you kind we get these like little exposition from, uh, from Trevor Broom's friend. Uh, what the shit is this guy's name? He says it in the beginning. I forget. Oh, Professor Aikman. Yeah, Professor okay. Aikman. Um, who's invited him to come like talk to him basically? So he's like pointing out little things in this. Like you, you, we get the impression that this is like even in the fifties, this is a place that hasn't changed in a long time. This like, yes, it just has its old way of doing things, and that's how they stick to it. And he's kind of pointing out things in the town, like all of the different like folklore elements that have happened throughout this small town. Um, you get like a little sheep shed that used to have a tunkle in it and like a chimney that had a troll shoot out of it when lightning struck at one I love time. It. <laughs> a little island that fell into the water when a priest was tricked into giving a pig last rites. Yeah. Uh, All these are like little fun things I love that like Mignola probably loved. Yeah. And was like, I don't have a full story, but I love just them being referenced to. In his little intro, he's like, he basically said that he's like, I kind of peppered in these other little elements because so much weird shit goes on in these kind <laughs> of like in this area of the world. Um, so it's fun that he includes that. He includes like a story about an old woman who gets up in the middle of the night by accident and goes to church with a bunch of dead people. And I love that day. one. Yeah, that, so. I don't know why that one stood out the most on those because it was just, just like how terrifying. Yeah, so scary. <laughs> it's like her, her like, her like clothes were ripped to shreds and shit. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, and then we finally see uh Aikman. He's just like hanging out, smoking a cigarette, kind of like talking to help, like giving all of this to Hellboy. Hellboy's just like listening patiently, and he's like so what are we doing now? You know, he's kind of like getting to the point. It seems like Aikman's kind of giving him all of this information to be like, look, uh, look like this is what I brought you here for. Right. Yeah. So he's like giving him that, but he's kind of also getting it out of the way in my, it, that, that's like the impression I, that I get from, I think a hundred percent, especially yeah. what we're about to like, what he's going to land. Yeah. Land on. He's like, it's, look over here, look over there. Uh, all right. Well, what are we here for? For real? Yeah, like how boy can kind of sense that. And I want to point out, like, I love the design of, of the professor because I think even in your first image, you just get an understanding that he is not in a good place. Like, I yeah, think he, he looks distraught. Yeah, he. I mean, 
I know I'm a balding man, and I don't think it immediately means you are like in the in dire straits. But he, for some reason, just looks unkempt. I think just his general like he kind of has. I don't know. He looks like he was like this cosmopolitan, like worldly smart man. But then he's also just his expression to me is very sad. He's got these yeah. like he's got these deep creased like, you know, wrinkles in his face. And he's just like he's got like a perpetual frown. Yeah, I agree. He's just a fallen man. And yeah. so it's like which plays into the rest shadow. of the story, I think. And yeah. why, why he's decided to sort of deceive hellboy yeah so he's like so like after that's basically he's like yeah we're we're uh we're waiting for king vold oh king who (laughs) i love that that those three yeah are so perfect and it's all in that one panel and you get the pacing so well in it i love that it's like it's kind of subtle but he still has his like dry not like sarcasm but like bluntness hellboy does but it's like in the 50s, so it's not as, like... He kind of gives him a chance to explain himself. He's kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt for, like, Trevor Broom's sake, I think. Yeah. But he's still... He's also, like, all right, what? Like, he's kind of... <laughs> he doesn't have a ton of patience for this man. Um, But he's, like, trying. Yes. I think is, like, the subtext of this. Um, and so, I think he might be, like, sensing something's up. Yeah, he's, like, his guard is up for sure. Because I think he's he's probably, even in the 50s and 50s, maybe he hasn't been on as much as we know, know him in the 90s, but he probably knows procedure by now through, like, BPRD. Yeah. And, and, and just coming up on a military camp. Yeah. He knows how things work sort of like, so this is sort of, like, weird. He can maybe see a little bullshit of, like, yeah. I'm going to show you all these things, but then now this. Yeah. So he's kind of like, wait a sec. Yeah. And because by now he's done it for, like, a few years. In the beginning it said uh, in the little, like, this is who Hellboy is. He was, like, adopted by, I kind of breezed past it, but it was, like, he's been doing, like, BPRD missions for several years now like seven or eight years or something oh yeah he's been with the uh four years oh okay because he says he's been a field agent since 52 okay so he's yeah so he's kind of you know he's not like completely green or anything right he like senses this shit and then um yeah so then he starts to explain king vold the flying huntsman and you know that he basically was cursed to haunt this area because he sort of like blasphemed and said, God can keep heaven for himself. So long as I can go hunting in uh Gary, 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 I don't know. Um, and yeah, so we see this little like cool sculpture of King Vold, just like a reference to him as he's talking yeah, that's about it. Cool. Um, yeah. So he has to like, n- not a lot of people have seen him, but, um, Aikman brought him there because Aikman brought Hellboy there kind of as bait almost like in hopes of seeing King Vold. Um, and I love how he's delivering it too. Mm -hmm. Like our professor's sort of like trying to like, along with all those fun little like facts, folklore facts. Yeah. I feel like he's trying to just put on like, it's going to be no big deal. Yeah. It's it's like, Oh, you know, people have heard him, but they've never seen him. And And even says, King Vold might be inclined to show himself, maybe even stop and chat a while. Yeah. Like it's just like nothing. And I love it. Cowboy cuts through all of that by simply saying, I'm going to end up having to fight this guy, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fight? Certainly not. Like kind of giving him like a little, like, yeah. certainly not. Like just trying to cut that off right away. Um, he's a phantom. I've never heard of him 
causing any harm. <laughs> you know, I'll believe that when I see it, which is like, of course, Hellboy ends up being right. And then we see this kind of like fog and mist as it gets darker. Yeah. Full moon. We hear the howls of the dogs that follow him and it's like his hounds and they're coming this way. And he's like, okay, you get down there and don't move. And like, and like suddenly like relays this plan really quickly to help. He's like, huh? Basically like stay behind the truck. Just trust me. Um, yeah. as the fog rolls in and then Vold rolls up and he's, you know, he's like headless horseman, like holding, grasping his head by the hair. Fucking love it. Yeah. It's so cool looking. He's very awesome. Hail King Vold. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, gives him the whole rundown of like, you, you're bold mortal, like all that stuff. So he's like, ask him to do him a favor. One of my hounds is lame, so watch him while I go hunting, and then you'll be rewarded when I come back. And he says yes. And then Hellboy, hearing that, is like, "Reward, son of a bitch!" Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm in Norway for this guy to get some reward. Like, you know, he's like putting all the pieces together. Yeah. Um. And, then and he, yeah. Oh, he gallops Good away. Good hunting, your Majesty. And I think that that <laughs> panel, I think, is so beautiful. Yeah, it's of him really saying cool. goodbye, you're imagining that, and then the horses. And the I head love the, and the little, shit, yeah, the little head, the little like glowing eyes right there. Yeah, it's very cool. And that power, similar to that uh, prince from the Christmas Underground, he has yeah. that cool power coming off of him. I love that choice that Mignola makes to give like these phantoms a little bit of energy. Yeah, this sort of like zigzag line that comes out of his head here, like yeah, it gets it just and his speech bubble is a different color too yeah, like jagged. it gives this like old like dusty feeling but yes. also yeah just like an unnerving kind of feeling like the colorists is, are great as usual yeah it's almost like the the, the color bubble is a, is a lighter shade of his eyes yeah yeah cool. it's very nice like a nice way to make it like super cohesive for this character and then yeah so he rides away um and then <laughs> Then Aikman's like, okay, Hellboy, come on up here. Like, you know, help me with this. And at first, the hound is pretty unassuming. Um, and I love Hellboy. Like, I thought you were handling this tough guy. Like, I love this yeah. attitude he's throwing him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, great. I'm just like the muscle in this situation. And then we get the real reason why Hellboy is here. Like, listen to me. Any human who has ever helped King Vold has been paid in gold. Gold. <laughs> like, I love this because it. This is a dumb reference to go to, but the the two Die Hard movies I love. Yeah. Um, the first one and the third. Yeah. Right, with a vengeance, they're both set up like the first one is like um I can't think of the villain's name right now, and I'm very mad about Hans it. Gruber. Thank you. You're welcome. Hans Gruber's like presents himself as being a terrorist, but really it's all about money. Yeah. And then in the the third sequel, um. His brother comes and it's presented as a vengeance. Like, I'm going to get vengeance. And really, it's nah, it's just, just that's, for money. that's a trick so I can get to money. Yeah. And I love that that just makes me think of this because it's just like, that's what you want to you want to deal with this otherworldly fucking thing for gold. Just for money. Yeah. Sometimes there is no higher purpose. It's yeah. There's no knowledge. There's no anything else to be gained. It's straight up. I money. need some money. And Hellboy has the perfect response to that. Yeah. You idiot. <laughs> And you see, like, the desperation on his face now. It's like he's super animated. His eyes are wide now. Uh, I'll give you half. <laughs> Meanwhile, this hound is, like, looming over him in that panel, getting, like, growing bigger, growing into basically, like, so a werewolf cool. kind of, like, wolf man thing. And Hellboy's like, all right, out of the way. He's got to, like, <laughs> handle this wolf. 
uh, it's like swock, like not hits him right on the chest immediately. He's bleeding and like jumps on him and really like fucks him up. I mean, that first swipe fucks him up. I mean, he yeah. just, he goes straight down and he has a lot of blood coming off of that wound. Yeah, he's, I guess he, you know, he's didn't really have it. I'm even though he kind of anticipated this, he's not super prepared. Because he didn't know what he was getting himself into, really. I I don't know why. And I mean, maybe I should have saved this for the end. But this issue is reminding me so much of Die Hard. Because yeah. this next, that panel while he's like the werewolf. I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Kate? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. There, as the werewolf's jumping on him after he has gotten his first blow on Hellboy. Yeah. Hellboy is crawling on the ground. I love this panel and I'll probably talk about it later. But like, as he's... He's saying out loud, damn, I knew something like this was going to happen. I knew it. That is so diehard when yeah. he's going through the the <laughs> ventilation going, come out for the holidays, have yeah. a drink, have a good time, all that. It's just like, I don't know why. This is this is totally diehard Hellboy. Yeah, completely. He's like, fuck, God, I should have known. <laughs> I knew it. Broom, fucking Broom said it was just a favor uh, for his friend. Uh, you know, should have trusted his gut here. So he's getting all fucked up. It's like, obs- like they show you this wide shot of the mountain so you can like imagine hearing it from far away and he's really messed up he's like um grab him you just have to hang on to him and he's just punching away at this at this hound um and like you know Aikman's kind of watching him meekly from kind of far away and he's like wait what am I seeing wolf hound to wolf man and now a wild man in a wolf skin wild man berserker so yeah he's like The wolf is like changing more and more into this human form that's just like a crazy guy wearing a wolf skin. Yeah. So he's talking about how the the hounds of King Vold are berserkers. And so like those are just like the most hardcore Viking warriors that there are. Like they're like- they would go into like, I was like, go, like, you know, just Googling it. I had like heard of Berserkers before, I think from Diablo. I feel like you could, there was like a move in Diablo or some shit. Anyway, it was from <laughs> like a it. video game. Like if you played like the Barbarian, I think you could like go Berserk or something. I might be wrong about the berserker's game. Berserker is like a term. I mean, Wolverine yeah, has a Berserker berserk, move. Yeah. yeah. So just like basically like when you're so, you're you're essentially an animal. Like you fucking change into this like rabid, crazy creature and you're just. Like in legend, like these Vikings could like take out nine guys just going fucking nuts and they would have no chain mail or shield or anything. Or if they had a shield, they would like bite it, <laughs> and, like be I like drooling. That. Like they were just like wild animals. So basically and would wear these skins. And then, yeah, so he's like just talking. He's like, oh, that makes sense. All of the, you know, he's kind of like talking to himself. Um, Edmund Aikman now if you please all that and my gold and uh, Hellboy like Hellboy's yeah. completely fucked up now and he's all he can think about is like I'm gonna be famous for discovering this 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 thing now yeah he's god he's selfish like, yeah completely like enamored by this gold and and yeah yeah I mean he must just have this like sad life in this cold down and like wanted you know he's totally. desperate and so yeah we see another like wide shot of the, these like cold, dark mountains and the hounds howling. And well, that hounds is like right before that. God, I, I mean, I know you've already mentioned it, but like this shot where Hellboy is just done for. Yeah. Like you, like you can honestly rock. anticipate like, damn, he's almost on 
death's door almost. Yeah, he's not looking good. And that guy, and he's just like, uh, that the the berserker starts growling at the professor, and he's like, uh, Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the howl begins. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then King Vold emerges, and we see the same scene, but the hound is back into hound form. And King Vold has come back, mortal. You performed your service well. So he's like, um, you know, I've heard my dogs can be trouble. Oh no, not at all. Kind of a thing. We see the, the like spoils from his hunt is this like mm. mermaid, which like Mignola mentions in his little brief before the story that this is like an amalgamation of like two different folk tales. Though like hunt for this mermaid is one aspect of one of the stories. Um, I've been hunting her for seven years. Now she is mine. And it looks like very sad. It's kind of like yeah. this dead, like awesome creature with like a fucking huge wound in her like guts. Yeah. Um, and who's this? And you know, Aikman's just like lying. This is my servant. I also love <laughs> Yeah, but I also love this this detail of him now that she's mine, and who's this him pointing with his spear, even though it's not a wide yeah. shot. He's clearly pointing with his spear. Yeah, I love like oh. following that down. Like, yeah, that diagonal and that panel. And then it kind of like is broken, but continues mm-hmm. a little higher. Yeah, that's really cool. And he's like, you know, he knows that Aikman's lying. He's like, really? I'm surprised to hear it. He looks like sterner stuff. And so he's like, <laughs> here, take your reward. Coins fly out of his mouth. Ma- gold coins flying out of his mouth Love here. Love that. Um, showering Aikman with the coins. But then when one lands in his hand, it's like molten, super hot. And it just melts right through his hand. Like his gloved <laughs> hand, it just like falls through. And, you know, Vold's just like, now you can say you've shaken hands with King Vold. And it's just like, <laughs> he's all fucked up. Hounds are yowling. The coins hit the ground and turn into rocks. You got fucked, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like you fuck you. <laughs> Fare thee well, Hellboy, Anungun Rama. So clearly, like, you this, know, King Vold was aware of what Hellboy was and like probably did just show up to see Hellboy. Yeah. Or I mean, circumstance, this would have occurred either way. He would have been eaten. The immortal would have been eaten by yeah. the fucking berserker or yeah. destroyed by the berserker. And in the end, he's like, hey, none of you guys are going to get my gold. Yeah. He's like any demon trickery. Yeah. So, and he's like saying fare thee well to Hellboy as he like rides off and the sun comes up. Uh, Aikman (laughs) has his hole burned in his hand and his Hellboy like regains consciousness. Like, oh, what did I miss? (laughs) (laughs) And then looking at that that hole. Oh my God. So, so sad. Like that hand is fucked. And then, um, yeah, one week later, Brooklyn, and it's just Trevor Broom apologizing to Hellboy, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, it's such a fun way to end that, yeah. like, to transition back. And I like that Hellboy takes away for He's like, you said I'd learn something, but, um, you know, I probably did, but not what you had in mind. Sorry about your friend. Like, you know, kind of being like, I guess I learned to be more cautious of people, like, regardless yeah. of, you know, even if it used to be a trusted person that you knew kind of a thing. Um, so he's like, I wonder what he's doing now. And then we see a shot back to Copenhagen, like this cool shot of this. Um, I possibly of King Vold, I would imagine, or at least of a hunter on a horse, yeah, with his head intact. Very true. Um, <laughs> and um, 
I would yeah. guess. I would. I think you're right. It would be King Vol because he has the spear. In yeah, his he's own got heart. the spear. And so back in Copenhagen, and we just see Aikman like begging uh, spare change for a poor man, and then just the coins for the end panel. And it's so cool. His hand is all bandaged so up. Sad that like yeah. his hands bandaged up. It looks like it's rotting. Yeah, it doesn't and look very good. His his greed has just turned him into a poor beggar. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh what a tell. Can't, there's no shortcuts, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he was going to like sacrifice Hellboy almost. Like he didn't care what happened to Hellboy. He just wanted, he wanted that sweet gold. This is very interesting too, before we jump into our favorite panels and stuff. It's a cool little like moral tell, of course. But then it's interesting that, again, I bet one of our listeners could clarify this. Of when he actually hears his first his name for the first time, because I really associate it with Seed of Destruction and Wake of Devil, him actually hearing Anung Unrama and then going forward. But it's fun that he this guy says his name, but he just Hellboy happens to be unconscious. Passed out, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like all of these, he, like the spirit world, like knows about him. Yeah, I mean we know that clearly. from pancakes. They yeah. were watching him. <laughs> As a child. Yeah, ever since yeah, since he like first came to Earth. Like these demons and spirits and everything are aware of him. But yeah, Hellboy's conked out for it. Yeah, it's very it's just those little seeds are fun to like yeah. thread through. Um the great. I love this little this story. Do you have any um final thoughts, favorite panels, dialogue? Um I do like I like his fight with the hounds, like when he the hound is like pouncing on him, like where you were saying when he's like, I knew it. I knew it. Like, I like that panel a lot. I think that panel is perfect. It's really cool. And just, yeah, just him jumping on him and stuff. It's like just cool looking. And King Vold's pretty cool looking, too. Yeah. What a great design for him. Yeah. I think those are. I think those are probably my favorite. What about you? Um, I, w- I mean, I'm definitely going to agree with you on the on what I will call the t- the die hard uh, yeah. panel, the die hard panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really a, p- a fan of when the panel or just the three panels when King Vold returns. Yeah. I think those three panels are great when it gets closer and he just and I love that dialogue from King Vold. Like I have heard that my dogs can be trouble. Yeah. As it goes to close of the the hound bloody. Yeah. I think that's great. And I really love the panel next to him, the, the of the coins coming out of King Vold's mouth. The next yeah. panel next to that, just the simple of all the coins flying and the professor holding his hands out to catch yeah. them. And he's like semi-silhouetted. I think that's a beautiful panel. That oh, is really nice. God. I just love it. But it's a great little short story. It's very cool. It's, yeah, I love it's, it. It's a cool, like, even though it's just simply said at the end where Hellboy is mentioning how he didn't learn what he thought he would learn, it is just a great, it's fun that this was introduced in the, the, the fourth trade. A great way to get people to buy it, but also a great way to, like, just keep informing us of Hellboy's mindset and where it comes from. Yeah. It's a nice little growth piece for Hellboy. Like, why he's so guarded and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, just because people are going to try to take advantage of him and without even really knowing his full like backstory even. He's like, he he knows he's strong. He knows he's, there's probably something going on as far as like his origin. 
So, but yeah, I guess he was like trusting because Trevor Broom told him and now he's yeah. like, fuck, I guess I, you know, got to have my guard up all the time. Totally. And it's I love- just cool. It's just, and it's just like this, this tale is cool. Like the kind of idea of like the coins falling and turning into rocks, like is so cool. It's such a, I agree. It's such like a fun. It's like, this is so, it's like not tangible. It's like gold won't help you. You know, it's, it's like you got to change. Not this won't change your life. Yeah, this, this won't this, change. These are this is these are rocks like you would spend it. It would be nothing. And and gold is and rock. Where it's would you fucking be? A material. You're always going to be like begging for it. If that's yeah, your, if that's it. Ugh, it's I think mean, I think you cracked it. That's great. It's cool. It is. It's a wonderful piece. Um, And I have to admit, I don't think I ever read it until. For the podcast. That's cool. It's the first time in a long time that I've not previously read it. I bet it's so easy for these things to like fall through the cracks, especially if it was something that wasn't originally published in the like timeline or whatever. And like I might have had that trade, but and if I did read it, I forgot. Well, it sounds like it was only just published for the compilation or whatever in 2000. So it's like, I that would be easy to miss unless you bought that version. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I, have this version, I'm, but like. But I think I had that version at one point because yeah. I had the trades, most of the trades prior to getting starting to get into the libraries. Yeah. Then I gave the trades to my nephew. Yeah. So, because I was like, you should read this. <laughs> Hopefully he did. Push it on people. Yes. The good but, word of Hellboy. And then, I mean, God, there's just such great dialogue from Hellboy throughout this. His, yeah. sim- his simple but blunt dialogue through all of this. Yeah. It's just great. It's, I mean, I, I think my favorite is, though, is you idiot. You idiot. Oh, gold, you idiot. <laughs> I love that. Like he's seen enough of stuff like this where he's like, God, you believed a demon king, you dummy. Or, you know, dead king or whatever. Cursed, yeah. cursed soul kind of spirit. It was funny. You mentioned like earlier in this podcast that there was another Hellboy story titled Wild Hunt. Because when I was looking up the like King Vold and stuff, there was like there was like this Wikipedia article about wild hunt as like a folklore motif. So it's like in a bunch of different countries and, and like, like in a bunch of different countries, there's this idea of like, um, like a ghostly huntsman or something like galloping by and going off to like hunt something. And it being like this, uh, it would like, it would like, portend this like bad shit happening mm-hmm. like usually like war or something or at least like the person who saw it would die um and it's like throughout a bunch of different cultures this like either it would be like a spirit or like the devil or just various gods and stuff yeah um so i wonder what that made me curious like to hear that there's another story that's yeah. called that i'm like ooh, i wonder what that is because this sort of is referencing that as well. Totally. And I can't wait for you to get to the wild hunt. I'm excited. I mean, we have a, we have quite a ways to get there, but that's uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great future seasons. Sweet. <laughs> um no spoilers on that. <laughs> but that's great. I love this. Um We'd want to hear from you as the listeners on your thoughts on King Vold and this wonderful story in the episode. Of course, you can email us, as I said before, at ah, crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear from you. 
And then and we'll probably get to those just so you know, if you do emails, we'll probably we'll get to those starting in season three. Um, just so you're not like, why didn't they talk about it yet? Yeah. But um, but I think you all understand that. Yeah. Um, and you can also stay up to date during our hiatus on the um Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, on Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy. And then I'm just going to say it again. Please go on to Apple Podcasts, rate and subscribe, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you put in in your five-star review, if you start off with the word boom, which Hellboy is known to yell when fighting, <laughs> we'll give you a little shout-out and read that review. Um, but before we move on um, to closing out the episode, any, um, any like, suggestions to read, watch, see? Yeah. Um, Anything out there that was inspired by what we went through today? Yeah, I guess um, uh, Neil Gaiman has like a cool Norse mythology book that Ooh. came out kind of recently. And um, and I know the, the audiobook's on Overdrive and the book itself is like also pretty like breezy and easy to read. I got it for Andrew, who was a guest on the podcast nice. a little while ago. Oh, and the... What's it called? Um, Neil Gaiman. I think it's just called Norse mythology, if I'm oh, not okay. mistaken. I mean, or Norse gods or some shit. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Norse mythology. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like stories, but all Neil Gaiman-y and uh, how he tells it. And then the the Christmas card that I sent you, this like postcard, the one that we were talking about that like referenced um, like X-Force art styles and yeah. everything. So those that's by an artist called Brad McGinty and the company is called like it's called Glorp Glorp Gum. Love it. And he'll do shit like he'll be like buy this gum and get a free t-shirt but the gum's like 20 bucks. <laughs> so, so it's funny. like and he'll do just like cool like vintagey looking um like movie monsters and like kind of like just like pulp comic looking characters and stuff. And his stuff is all so fun and super cartoony and great. And he's the one who drew that uh, Christmas card. So if you guys want to check that out, he's the shit. I just follow him on Instagram. I think he's like a lot of fun. Badass. Yeah. I love it. Those are great. I think I'm just, you were so inclined and direct with, uh, with that Norse reference. Mine are just going to be what I mentioned prior. It's the holiday season. Sit down. Watch Die Hard One. <laughs> if you like the, if you want to watch the others, go for it. But I highly suggest yeah. Die Hard One and Die Hard Three with a Vengeance. I that's all. That's all I have. <laughs> I wish I had two. I was. Re- I'm not a huge fan of two or any of the others, to be okay. honest. Like they that's just okay. don't do it for me. Yeah, two sort of like I think they're really attempting to just remake the first one, and they. Yeah. Whereas three might have been the, the similar, but like. I just like the progression. There are other people like my, my good friend, Jake Jabor. Um, he has a great essay he wrote and he has like an audio essay of it. Uh, it's a SoundCloud. If you look up Jake Jabor or wake up with Jacob on Instagram, he might have a reference to listen to his essay on, on Die Hard from a, a, a book that's coming out soon of his. Cool. Um, he, he has different opinions of Die Hard than I do, but he's a, he's a great writer and he talks about his... Um, his diehard experience and through all of the franchise. Like cool. he's somebody that loves the first one and then loves the later ones after three. Yeah. And I'm someone who loves one, two's okay, love three. And then I hate everything. After yeah, it. that's fair. Um, but we're just different. We just vary in different 
points in yeah. our taste. But that's a cool thing to listen to. Yeah. Because it's, a, I mean, check out, yeah, at Wake Up With Jacob on Instagram to find that. Sweet. Because I can't, I don't want to butcher the name of his title off the off the cuff yeah. um, of his book coming next year. Oh, but, I do have one more recommendation yes, based please. on Die Hard. So there's this like <laughs> super funny stand up and also like author and illustrator from Philly named Doogie Horner. And he wrote a Christmas, uh, he wrote Die Hard Christmas and it's like a kid's storybook illustrated about like the first Die Hard. Love it. But it's with like, it's just like super cute and has like little storybook kind of like rhymes and stuff and illustrations. Um, so yeah, it's called Die Hard Christmas and by Doogie Horner and it's like super cheap and it's really cute. And so if you have like hardcore Die Hard fans or like, you know. Everybody has a friend who's like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Like, go ahead and buy yeah. them this thing because it's like super cute and neat. Yeah. I love that. That's great. It's really good. I'm in the camp that it is a Christmas movie because sure. it's highly referenced. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. It's all fucking. If it takes place during Christmas, it's, it's a, a fucking Christmas movie. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. I love that reference. Yeah. All of our listeners, check all that stuff out. Again, we'd love to hear from you. This is it for season two, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for listening um, to all the episodes. Have good holidays. Have a great holiday. Have a great new year if yeah. you're into going wild on the new year. Yeah. Um, Banging pots and pans. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I meant by going wild. Get out there, bang those pots and pans. <laughs> uh we can't wait um, to return, but, and again, we're going on a hiatus for, I mean, approximately four, uh, four weeks or so. Yeah. But again, they'll keep an eye on the stream. It doesn't mean we're completely dead. It just means you won't, we won't be jumping into the next run of Hellboy stories right away. Yeah. Um, but we will be returning into season three, which will premiere on January 23rd, Wednesday, January 23rd of 2019. Yeah. Unless the world ends. <laughs> Unless right hand of doom we'll occurs between now and then. Not entirely out of the, <laughs> the question. The key is turned and <laughs> everything ends. Uh, uh, but thanks again um, for listening. I can't thank you guys. You've made this a wonderful experience. We can't wait to continue going forward. Yeah, and I do sincerely and genuinely love you. I love you. <laughs> Kate Mike or Cake Mike? Mmm, Cake Mike. <laughs> that was like a Homer Simpson. <laughs> Aw, yeah, when you hear a beat like that and you're listening to a Campfire Media podcast, you know you are listening to Dope Town 3000. Dope Town 3000, a nonstop hip-hop improv team bringing you a podcast. And what happens on that podcast? We bring on a guest, they tell a dope story, and we turn that dope story into a dope one-act radio play full of sounds, beats, and dopeness. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are heard. Campfire.